You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shem in Shizra 5781-2021. This week's Parsha's Parsha is Korach. And first of all, I'd like to say thank you to all those who helped us get to our goal of $30,000. Baruch Hashem, we got there with Hashem's amazing help and the help of all of you. Second of all, I'd like to say that in last week's Parsha, I asked a question, which I realized afterwards I didn't explain the answer to. So, I'm going to include the answer to that question. I will try my best to remember to include the answer to that question in what we discussed in this week's Parsha, because it is related and it is connected. And that was the question of, why was it that when the Jews were punished with 40 years in the wilderness, didn't seem to be connected to the 40 days? The number was the same, but one was days. Maybe their punishment, if it was to be measure for measure, should be 40 days, not 40 years. That question we didn't answer. Um, it was part of what we spoke about last week. I'm not going to get into how it connects so much to last week, but I will explain that in the context of what we speak about this week as well. This week's part, we had the, the events of, of Korach, where he fought with Moshe Rabbeinu. He came to rebel with his 250 men, Dawson and Aviram, On Ben Pelas, etc. And in the end, they all went down into the pit. They all fell down to the pit. And the Medrash tells us that the the Pusik says that the verse the verse tells us that the the mouth of the earth opened up and they were swallowed up by the earth. Now, the Medrash tells us something which actually, as I was about to start, so my daughters were just here, and I said to them, Do you want to say the partial podcast? And they said and I said, What did you guys learn? And uh, they talked about the fact that the sons of Korach were, Korach were swallowed up by the ground. And they're still there, and they're still saying, Moses is true, his Torah is true. So this is something that everybody learns about, all the children learn about it. But I'd like to actually read this idea inside, inside the Medrash. And it's amazing, the, con- the concept is followed immediately in the Medrash, in the next remez, the next section, by a seemingly unrelated idea, but it's it's so fundamental, the, the concepts are so importantly bound, and they also come back to the issue of the 40 days versus the 40 years. Now let's see this together. The verse tells us in Bamidbar, that the children of, of Korach did not die. The the Medrash tells us, there's also a Gemara in a few places. I learned it once in Sanhedrin, Nafkuf Yud. I believe that's where it is. Yeah. The, the Medrash tells us that the sons of Korach were indeed swallowed up. This place, this opening, this mouth of the earth was actually the opening of Gehenim, the opening of hell, the, place, the entrance way to hell. They were swallowed up of the earth, however, they weren't completely swallowed up. There was a space. There was a place for them that was found in Gehenim. Sorry, there's some funny noise that I hear and I don't know what it is. Okay, here we are. Once again, There was a place that they were above everyone else in, in Gehenim, in hell. Rabbi Barbachana said that he had an experience. Zimnachad, one time, was going on the path. There was a particular merchant who he was traveling with, a Yishmaeli merchant from the children of Yishmael, 
an Arab merchant. I want to show you, seems that they were traveling in the in the desert, the Midbar Sinai, Sinai Desert. I want to show you the place where Korach and his children were swallowed up by the earth. They went and they saw two, I'm not sure what bize is, I think it means trees. I'm not sure. These two things, there was smoke coming out from between them. He took a, a bundle of of wool. He put it on the end of a stick. He put it over that spot where the where the smoke was coming out. He put it into that hole. It burned up and it fell down. So you see that this is the entrance of Gehenna, the entrance of hell. It's a hot place. He said to me, Rabbi Barbachana describes, Tell me, what do you hear? Listen carefully. I heard, says Rabbi Barbachana, I heard the voices of the Bnei Korach, the children of Korach, that they were saying Moses is true and his Torah is true. And they said they were liars, they were fake. He said, every 30 days, the Gehenim turns over like a Kalachas. I don't know exactly what that means, but I imagine it means... Uh, the, I'm sorry, not Gehenim turns over. The, it, they turn over like, like, the, like a piece of meat in a rotisserie. Going around and around like at a shawarma. They're saying... It seems to me that it, every 30 days he would hear that that uh, they would be on top. And they would go round and round, they would be on top, and they would say, An amazing thing. The Medjushu finishes off. In the end, in the future, Hashem is going to take them out. They're going to come out. They're going to come out of Gehenim, out of hell. About this, Chana says, Hashem kills and gives life. He lowers people down into the pit, which means hell, to Gehenim, and he brings them up. So ultimately, as the Pasuk says, and we know that Hannah, who said this Pasuk, Hannah, the mother of Shmuel Hanavi, Samuel the prophet, this is in Shmuel Al of Perak Bez, Pasuk Vav, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 6, God kills and gives life, God brings down to the depths and brings them up. So, Chana, who is the great-great-great-great-granddaughter of Korach, great-great-granddaughter of the Bnei Korach, she said this verse in reference to her great-great-grandparents, that one day they're going to come out of Gehenna. That's the Medrash. That's the Medrash. So it's a very powerful thing. No, the simple understanding of it, it's a very powerful thing. That even though people made a mistake, they admitted the mistake as they were going down into hell. And as a result of that, they didn't go all the way down. They got a spot saved for them at the entrance. At the entrance, they're, they're hanging out there. They're above. And they keep repeating the truth. They keep repeating the truth. It's very interesting. And ultimately, they're going to be taken out of there. Now, the next piece in the Medrash, which actually, when I was learning with my son, we started with this piece. We went back to the previous piece. Now listen to this carefully, because this is mind-blowing. And this is also a Gemara. Where is this one? In Shabbos Tavkuf Dalit. 
But I think it's connected to the previous Medrash. Even though the Mephorshim tried to explain exactly what the connection is, they, they don't uh, they don't say what I'm about to say. Let's say it like that. We find that in the Hebrew language, there are five letters. Mem, Nun, Tzadi, Pechaf. These five letters are double letters. When a Mem is in the middle of, of the word, it's written one way. When a Mem is at the end of the world, it's called word. When the, the Mem is at the end of the word, so it's written a different way. It's, it's a closed letter. Nun, Tzadi, Pechaf also have a different version of the letter in the middle of a word, as opposed to when it's at the end of the word, it's a long letter. What is this idea? What is these doubles? Right? There's nothing in the Torah, there's nothing in the Hebrew language, it's Lashon HaKadosh, it's the Holy Tongue, it's the language with which, with which the Torah, the world was created, the Torah was created from these letters as well, the world was created from the Torah. What is the idea of these double letters? There has to be a very deep depth. It says in Medrash, these double letters... And I'm going to explain it not based only on the Pashup Shah, what, what the Medrash says here, but this Medrash, as the Marzu brings, is brought elsewhere. There's different versions of the Medrash, so I'm going to kind of incorporate into what I, you know, the explanation here, not just what it says, but also what the other Medrashim say. These letters, when you have a, a letter which has a different form at the end of a word, it's called a mem sofit, an end mem, a nun sofit, the last, uh, what the nun looks different when it's the last letter of the word. What do these letters indicate? Each of these letters indicates a different aspect of the end. What is the end? The end is a reference to the Geula, to the redemption. And there were different redemptions in time. Kaf, kaf. Now, interestingly, and this is also an important point, I don't know if we'll get so much into answering the question of it, but we'll see. Menatz Pach is Mem Nun Sadi Pechaf is out of order. In other words, the, the sages <coughs> would often give us an easy way to remember it, there's Yaknahaz, there's Ambuha, all kinds of different um, uh, words that are not really words, but it's contractions of different letters to help us remember something. Manspach is a contraction of these five letters, but they're out of order. And when the Medrash goes through the letters, it puts them in alphabetical order. So we need to think about, perhaps we'll explain, perhaps not, why the letters are not in the same order in the in the mnemonic device as they are when we actually go through them when they're in alphabetical order. The first of the letters is chaf. You have a chaf in the middle of, of the word and a chaf at the end of the word. Nirmas the Avraham. So there's the first geula, the first redemption that we can speak of is Abraham. Lech lecha. There's a doubling. There's a doubling of the letter chaf when Hashem said to Avraham Avinu, lech lecha, go. He commanded him to go. At the beginning of Parshas Lech Lecha, in Bereshis, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, go, he sent him to Eretz Yisrael, to the land of Israel. Interestingly, the Medrash says, what does Lech Lecha indicate? It doesn't indicate, it's not really speaking about, that Chav Chav is not speaking about that moment when he went, but rather it's speaking about Lemea Shana Yoilud. If you look at the words Lech Lecha, take the gematria of those two words together, Lech is, it's Lamed and Chav, which is 30 and 20, that's 50, Lech Lecha is 50 plus 50, you get the number 100. There was a remez, a hint to the fact that there's going to be a redemption for Avram Avinu. Abraham is going to have a child at the age of 100. Lech Lecha, numerical value 100, because he's going to have a redemption at the age of 100. Chav Chav, Lech Lecha, those two letter Chavs, indicate redemption. Indicate there's going to be an end, some awesome completion of the story. Mem, mem, 
You have a letter mem, you have a letter mem. Mem in the middle of a word, mem at the end. Liyitzchak. This is, this is referring, we have Avram, then we have his son Yitzchak. He also had a redemption. What is the redemption of Yitzchak? And where do we see this double letter? Ki Yitzchak had a conversation, I believe it was with Avimelech. Avimelech said, you have to leave here. You can't, we can't, we can't both live in this place. You have too much stuff. You're too rich. You have too much, uh, possessions, too many animals, etc. Ki you're much too powerful for us. That's what he was told. Mimenu me'oid. Atzamta mimenu me'oid. There's mems in there. A lot of mems. Ramos yeshu This this indicated to him the double mem indicated to him that there's a certain power. Avimelech said to him, he's very powerful. Atzamta mimenu. You're too powerful for us. You're too great. There's a power that he has. A redemptive in a redemptive way, in this world, and in the next world. Meaning. The Jewish people, as represented by Yitzchak, we have power in this world, we have wealth, we have wisdom, we have so many things, right? There's a power to the Jewish people, spirituality, in this world and in the next world. Aspect of redemption, when we speak about the next world. It will help us, like, think about it this way, there's a, a, the mem in the middle, and there's a mem at the end. Within this world, in the middle of this world, we have something that's going to get us there, perhaps we could say, to the end. And that is a spiritual greatness, a spiritual power, a physical greatness, a physical power. That's indicated by the Mems. Now guess who's known the, the third of the, of the double letters? It's Yaakov, Jacob, the, the third of the three fa- uh, forefathers. No, no, Yaakov. Hatzileni no, says Yaakov. Hatzileni no, Hatzileni no. Save me, oh save me. Right, there's two nuns. This indicates that that double nun, there's a redemptive power of those nuns, which indicates that he's going to be within this world, the nun in this world, in the present time, and in the, in the completion of the world, in the redemption time. There's a, there's a Hatzalah, there's a saving, Hashem is saving him. He's praying for salvation, he receives salvation. This world, throughout this world, and as we enter into the next world, as we enter into the times of the Messiah, there's going to be a great salvation for the Jewish people. There's a doubling. Next of the double letters, pay pay. Pay pay. A pay and a pay sofis. L'Yisrael l'Moshe. This is a reference to something that's going to happen to the Jewish people through Moshe Rabbeinu. Pakai pakarti Moshe Rabbeinu uses the letter pay twice to indicate that there's a double salvation. Pakai pakarti. The Jewish people are about to leave Egypt after 210 years of exile. They're about to, re- to, to experience their redemption. Pakoi Pakarati, pay pay. They're living in it, they're living in the challenge, the difficulty, and they're redeemed from the challenge. Tzadi, Tzadi, the last of the five. The Tzadi represents, it's the last of the five, and it represents the final redemption. The verse refers in Zechariah chapter 6, Zechariah chapter 6 verse 12, there is a, a, a man, Tzemach Shemoy, his name is Tzemach, the word Tzemach means a sprout. It's Tzemach David, we talk about the offshoot of David, of King David. Zemashiach is a reference to the Messiah, the, the ultimate Mashiach. The double language is Tzemach Tzadik. I will stand up from King David, an offshoot who is a righteous one. 
Tzemach Tzadik. So you have the double Tzadi. Umolach, Melech, Vihiskel, Vahasa, Mishpur, Tzadok, Ba'aretz. He's going to be a king, he's going to be wise, he's going to be just. You have the tzadis. The tzadi represents the final repre- the final redemption. What's going on with me today? The final redemption is represented by the tzadi. So I, I just want to, you know, this is I'm sharing with you. I learned this medrash over the over this week with my son. So we spent a solid five days on it, six days, five days on it, and. One of the things that we thought about is that the pay and the tzadi represent two parts, right? In the in the in the lamed and the mem, we talked about the 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 dual aspect there of Yitzchak, this world, the next world. Yaakov, Hashem is going to save in this world, the next world. Here we have two aspects of this world, the next world. The pay is the redemption of Mitzrayim of Egypt. And I asked my son, and I've discussed this in the Parsha podcast before, right? We are, we're still 3,300 years later, we're still talking about the Geula from Mitzrayim, the, the redemption from Egypt. You know, that happened a long time ago, and we've been through challenges and difficulties and exiles since then. And we're still talking about it today. What's the idea? Looking back also at, at Avramavinu, Lech Lecha was said really at the beginning of his process. Shem sent him out. Lech Lecha. Leave the place of your fathers, go to, to the land of Israel. The fact that he's going to have a child at 100 years... That's something that happens at, you know, much later. It's all processed until he gets there. Why is there a rem as a hint to the results of his whole journey at the beginning of the journey? Obviously, the way I ask the question is part of the answer. The Jewish people can't get to Tzemach Tzadik, to the ultimate Redeemer, to the times of Mashiach, of the Messiah, without the process starting back 3,300 years ago with the, with the Redemption from Egypt. And really, they couldn't get to the redemption from Egypt if they hadn't gone through all the troubles. And really, they couldn't get through the redemption, they couldn't have had all those troubles if Avram Avinu hadn't gone through all that he went through. Because it was told to him that they would have a 400 400 year period starting from the birth of Yitzchak, going on through the following 190 years and then the following 210 years. The process begins at the beginning, obviously. There's a moment which is a seed. And, and here we come back for a moment. I'm not going to really discuss it so much, but here we come back for a moment. The concept of why 40 days should lead to a punishment for 40 years. Because those 40 days were just a seed. The 40 years were the big time result of what happened during those 40 days. Meaning, when you plant a seed, it's a very small thing, but a, a massive tree grows from that seed. When I have a thought... And, and it's a real thought. I want to raise $30,000 to make an album, to make a music album. So, that thought begins, and then, HaKadosh Baruch who helps, and you watch it as it gets bigger and bigger, and it becomes real. And then that $30,000 becomes the album, etc. Lahavdil, Avram Avinu, he is sent away from his home. That's the beginning of his process, that's the seed, Lech it's the seed, which is going to result in that massive result when he's 100 years old, that Yitzchak is born, which is really the beginning of the next. The next process. That was why the Meragam were punished. Kalaiso was punished for 40 years because they needed to know, and it was true, that the small things that we do can have a ma- you know, massive results. If a person is a leader, he's the seed. He leads everybody 
there, there's a far-reaching effect. When I sing a song, thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of people are going to hear that song, be affected by that song. That's a very big responsibility. It's one day, but it affects a year. It's much bigger than that. Avram Avinu, he, that chaf in the middle represents the beginning of the process, or the middle of the process, perhaps. The chaf at the end represents the results of the process, the, the results of that redemption. Kalal Yisrael is strong in this world, but the result is that they're strong in the next world. They accomplish something which has eternal consequences, much, much larger than we can imagine. Hashem saves us. Hashem saved Yaakov Avinu from Esav. That was one person, a few children, 12, 12 children. But that was saving the entire Jewish people for all time. Hashem redeemed us from Egypt 3,300 years ago, but we're still, we're still here 3,300 years later. And because of that original redemption, there's going to be a redemption at the end of time, which I think is pretty soon. There's going to be another redemption at the end of time. It's called Semach Tzadik, the Messiah, the son of David. The great-great-great-grandchild of David, a live person, a person who's alive, not someone who comes back from the dead. Sorry, I have to throw that in. Yeah, he's going to be somebody. Why is he going to be somebody? Why is that revelation going to occur? It's because of the seed that was planted 3,300 years ago. There's a pay in the middle, there's a, a tzadi at the end. There's a letter in the middle, there's a letter at the end. And I think perhaps, I don't want to explain it at length and go into it, but Manspach also, the Chaf, which is really the letter from the first letter, it ends up at the end, Manspach. Because it indicates the fact that the beginning is at the end. The Tzadi, which is at the end, is, back in, is pushed back into the middle. Why? Because in order to get the, to the Tzadi at the end, you need to have the Tzadi in the middle. The process doesn't start at the end, it doesn't start, it starts at the beginning, but it's there, the, that, that idea, that feeling is there throughout. The goal is there throughout. In order for me to get to 30,000, I need to I need to have my eye on that goal the entire time. And I need to have a Kaddish Baruch Hu focused, Hashem is called Ekiah, Asher Ekiah, I will be. The aspect of Geula, when we refer to God in the Geula, in the redemption from Egypt, He's called, I will be. So Hashem calls Himself. There's that, even now, it's I will be. Uh, and Hashem says, I will, I will be with you throughout your challenges. I'm going to get you to the other side, to ultimate redemption. That's all in there. And, and now let's come back to the original Medrash that we quoted, which was about Korach and his sons. You know, Korach, one of the things that the Medrash says, which I didn't read, is that Korach, why did he fight against Moshe? Because he saw that he's going to have a great-great-grandchild named Shmuel Hanavi, Samuel the prophet. And that child is going to be shuckled, connected Moshe Aaron. He's going to be as great as Moses and Aaron, as the verse tells us. King David said, So, because of that, he made a he made a mistake. He thought that the results, the results that are going to be in the future, indicate something about this very moment, the greatness that is already in me. I'm just as great as them. So he took this concept too far. He took it wrong. But let us say that because he did that, it did result. This is what I discussed with my son. It did result. He sinned. His sons did tshuva. As they were falling into that hole. They did tshuva. They repented. And as a result of their repentance, they had a great-great-grandson, perhaps. They had a great-great-grandson named Samuel, Shmuel the prophet, Shmuel Anavi. The 
Hashem is God kills and gives life. Brings someone down to hell, brings him up. It's indicative of the fact that there are seeds. You know, think about a seed. A seed is planted in the ground, the outside of the seed falls off. And then what's inside starts to grow. Right? So there's a negative aspect, but it, the, the, the seed, the klipa, the shell of the seed, is something negative. It's got to fall off. It's, it's going to fall. It's going to break. But the, the ultimate result is that it produces something, something grows. And it's also true here. There's a seed of negative. There's a klipa. Sorry. There's a seed which is surrounded by the negative. The negative has to fall off, but the result is that ultimately the good is born from that. The good is born from that. And that's this idea. There's a planting, which is the letter in the middle. There's a planting, which is the beginning of a person's journey. There's a process through which he goes with his eyes focused on the journey. Where am I headed? Where am I going? If the Miraglim would have thought instead of how can I make sure Klai doesn't get in so I don't lose my position of power? If they would have thought how can I make sure that Akkadish Baruch whose honor is revealed? If they would have had their eyes focused on what the greater goal is then those 40 days wouldn't have turned into 40 years of misery. They would have turned into 40 years of, of Kibush Haaretz Conquering the land, Klai Yisrael beginning an amazing, everlasting monarchy. If the focus is right, the result is something which is ultimately amazing. You can tell at the beginning. I once saw in a book on personal growth, you know, if you're flying a plane from L.A., you want to get to New York, so if you change the trajectory at the very beginning, just a little bit, you'll end up in Florida. And it's the same thing. Amazingly, though, and this is, this is even deeper, what the Medrash is saying is that even if you change your trajectory a little bit, you're going to make sure you end up in New York anyway. That's the amazing thing. who knows how to take the evil, even the evil that we've done, even the wrong that we've done, and he knows how to redeem it. That's what this Medrash is saying. Ultimately, ultimately, all the negative... Right? We see, he's saying, save me. That means that there's going to be hard times that we're going to be need, need to be saved from. But there's also, we're so strong. We're tough as nails. We're going to make it through the gullus. We have negative things that happen to us. We have positive things that happen to us. With our eye on the goal, we can get there. There are seeds that are being planted that we're planting with our thoughts. Where are we headed? Where's our focus? Where do we want to get to? What is our ultimate goal? Is it our personal welfare? Our personal success? Or is it God's success? Is it Kiddush Hashem? Sanctification of God's name in the world? What are we after? What is our ultimate goal? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu can save us and we can end up doing tshuva in the end, right? Like the sons of Korach. But it's better to be like an Avram Avinu Lech Lecha. It's better to be like a Yitzchak Avinu, like a Yaakov Avinu, Atzileinina, like Klai Yisrael Meishu Rabbeinu, Pakoi Pakariti, Tzemach Tzadik, like a Mashiach, a righteous individual. We need to have that righteousness in the middle of the word, at the end of the word, throughout. I want to bless you, I ask you to bless me. Shem should help us to be able to recognize where we're headed, where we're going. Shem should help us that if we veer off of that path, Send us right back on the path. Shem should help us that we should be, have this power 
The redemption should be in us now. Our personal redemptions and our national redemption. We should feel it and sense it that it's in us now so that we can experience the ultimate redemption on a personal level and on a national level. Speedily in our days. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.